0: Welcome to Changing the Channel with Joe Garner, a show about shifting our individual and collective beliefs on what is possible for the future of humanity. As our understanding of how our reality continues to shift, we are at a point of reunification between science and spirituality. What does the world look like when we break free from the generational trauma that has kept most humans playing small for thousands of years and step into our full power as the co-creators of this reality? I always ask that you keep an open mind with this podcast. Ask yourself, what resonates with my truth at this time and what does not? Respect your intuition, but see if you can get through the whole show because there might be that little nugget buried deep in the conversation that unlocks something for you. Welcome back, everyone, to Changing the Channel. I have a wonderful human today. Uh, Kevin is a speaker and podcaster with over 1,500 episodes and is the co-founder of The Next Level University. So welcome to the show, Kevin.
1: Joe, thank you so much for having me. I don't know if your audience knows about the pre-meditation before, but you are on some some good stuff, my friend. I'm grateful for the mission that you're taking part in, and I'm grateful to be a part of it as well. I
0: appreciate that. Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful meditation. It gets us into the flow, and I enjoy doing that with each one of the guests. So give us a little background. Who is Kevin right now? And what was the journey to getting to who you are at this very moment?
1: Today, Kevin is a podcaster who has a global top 100 podcast with 1,500 plus episodes, like Joe mentioned, and someone who gets to impact people all over the world every single day, which I am eternally grateful for. But my journey has definitely been a, an interesting, unique one, as I think everyone's is. I was raised by my mom and my grandmother. I didn't know my dad. I didn't meet my dad with the understanding that he was my dad until I was 27. And we definitely had humble beginnings. There were many times where we talked about how we were going to be able to pay rent. So that has been a big through line in my life. Money solves things. That's, that was something that has plagued me, but also given me a lot of momentum in my life. The next interesting turn my life took was in high school. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, but I knew college wasn't the answer that I wanted to seek. So when I graduated high school, I got a job at a local gas station, and I was a gas station attendant for a few years, and then I was a personal trainer, truck driver, forklift operator. I cleaned bathrooms and floors at a hospital, on-call firefighter for a very short period of time. And in my early 20s, I got an opportunity that I had been waiting for my entire life. At least it felt that way. I got a job in an industry called weatherization. And all that means is we would go into buildings and make them more energy efficient. But we were going into schools, excuse me, police stations, fire stations. We were working on state-owned buildings or government-owned buildings. So I was getting anywhere from $60 to $120 an hour at these jobs. So I went from making $15 an hour to making $60 an hour the first job I worked. I was convinced, Joe, this is it. I found my thing. Not going to college and all the dirt that I have had to crawl through and the mud that I've had to crawl through, is it was supposed to be, and, and this is exactly where I'm meant to be in life. So if you fast forward a few years, I was 25, I had a sports car, I had just won a bodybuilding show, so I was quite literally in the best shape of my life, my girlfriend at the time was a model, new apartment, high-paying job, all the measures of success. Externally, I was crushing it. But internally, I did not feel like I was crushing it. So my partner at the time ended up leaving me. And when she left me, I just tapped into what I had felt for my entire life. If I make more money, most of these problems will just kind of dissolve. So the next year, I spent 10 months living on the road, living in hotels, living out of my suitcase, because most of our contracts were in other states. We get to the end of the year, and I open my final pay stub. And I made $100,000 at 26 with no college degree. But all of the good feelings I expected to feel, all the positive emotions, most of those didn't come. I realized that I'd lived most of my life unconsciously, especially that year, unconsciously. The opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. So I started a podcast in 2017 called the Hyperconscious Podcast. I fell in love with podcasting as I fell out of love with my job. I've reached the pinnacle. I've reached the top of the mountain. I am not willing to do what it takes to get there again. I'm out. So I start calling out. I start leaving the job site early. I start showing up late. I am not a model employee at this point, Joe. Not a good guy to have on the crew. But it was harder and harder for me to leave because it's not like I was just driving an hour to an office and then getting to come home. I was packing my suitcase, and I was away for weeks at a time sometimes. So homesick does not even describe how I was feeling in that moment or in those moments. And it just kept getting worse and worse. And I wanted to do this podcasting thing and I had lined up some big guests and it just it didn't seem doable. So this all got to the, the place where I woke up in a hotel room in New Jersey. My alarm clock went off at 515. I sat up. I slid to the edge of the bed as I had done a thousand times before. But that morning, it was like there was 10 televisions on in my head at the same time and every single one was on a different station. And one is saying you're stuck here forever. Kev, people like you don't get opportunities like this. Never mind, leave them behind. If you did work up the courage to leave, courage slash stupidity, what would your friends think? You make more money than any of your friends. What would your family think? You make more money than anybody in your family. And you didn't have a plan A. This was kind of plan B. I don't even know if they make plan Cs. So I don't know what I'm going to do. And it was in that moment, Joe, that I thought to myself, if I just take my life, I will take all of this with me. I'll take all my problems with me. I won't have to worry about that. Now, I'm blessed, unreasonably blessed that I have so many positive people in my life. So I reached out to someone who I trusted. I felt vulnerable or I felt safe being vulnerable with. And I said, hey, man, I'm struggling. I'm having these thoughts. I'm having these feelings. I'm having these emotions. I don't know. What do I do? What do I do, man? And he said many things. But the thing that I most remember was, Kev, over the last few years, your awareness, consciousness has changed a ton, but your environments have remained the same. I think it's time for you to to change your environment. And I left my job in 2018. I partnered up with that man who I got that advice from. He's my business partner and the CEO of our company. And that was the very beginning of being a full-time podcaster. And then I proceeded to be broke, very broke for the next several years, couldn't. Couldn't afford Christmas presents for my now wife at one point. My car broke down. I couldn't get it fixed. Couldn't pay my car insurance, so I got sent to collections. It was brutal. It was some of the the most challenging stuff ever, but here we are six or seven years later, and now it seems like it's a very positive story.
0: <laughs> it does, yeah. You you seem like you've overcome that, that period of your life, mm-hmm. and you're now full of joy and, and- Purpose, I think is probably the, the biggest one is that you found your purpose in life yeah. and now you're, ex- you're creating a life around the purpose that you want to live. Yes, so, yes. You also help people find their purpose. So, you know, from your perspective, from, you know, helping many, many people to, to find that purpose and, and do what you did, what, it, what are some of the steps? What were, what were some of your, you know, the ways that you found purpose in your life that, that didn't involve, obviously, money or what society tells you they need to involve?
1: I think many of us, myself included, I think we have a confusion around purpose. I always wanted to help people. Always. I When I was a captain of the baseball team, I loved, as much as I wanted to stay up drinking the night before, I always loved doing the the training of the little kids. We used to have these younger kids who would come and we would teach them baseball. I love that. I was always a fan of that. I would coach people on Snapchat long before the podcast existed, relationship coaching, even mindset coaching, long before I knew what I was doing. I've always wanted to help people. I've always wanted to be a trustworthy, safe place for people, always. That has always been something I've wanted to do. What ended up happening was I was interviewed on a YouTube show My business partner's YouTube show, long before he was my business partner. After that, I said, imagine if you could do that for a living. Imagine if that's all you had to do. Now, we do way more than that, so it's not it. But imagine if you could do that, lose track of time, get so deep into flow that an hour and a half interview feels like five minutes and there's no resistance. It just feels amazing. Imagine if you could do that. And one of my buddies said, you can. There's people out there that do it. So for me, that was it. My purpose is to help. My purpose is to be the person I needed at my lowest point, really. Right? And we can dive more into that if we want. But the vehicle, that's where a lot of us get hung up. Most of us have a purpose. We want to make something better for some person in some unique way. And then when the rubber hits the road, we don't have belief in the fact that we can actually create a sustainable vehicle. There's a lot of people that want to make the environment a better place, and they feel like that is their purpose. But if I said to you, on a scale of zero to 10, how much do you believe that you can do that sustainably and create some sort of lifestyle? They might say, no, I can't. It's not that you don't know the purpose. Maybe. Maybe it's the fact that you just do not have full belief in the vehicle yet. And that's what I've seen. I've seen that for so many of us because we tend to connect with people who have lower levels of self-belief. If you have a low level of self-belief, you might not think it's possible for you to actually take your purpose, attach it to a vehicle, and then create some level of sustainable, we'll just say progress instead of success. So that's really what I've seen. One of my favorite questions for this, it's kind of an old one, but I I tried to reformulate it. If I, either one of two questions, if I gave you a billion dollars slash, you never had to worry about money again, What would you do every day in the service of others, in the service of humanity, in the service of progress? Because a lot of people might say, I just sip margaritas on the beach. No, we're not going to do that because that's not fulfilling. Trust me, I'm sure it would get old. It has to be in the service, in the improvement, in the positivity of something. What would it be? And that probably is your purpose. And if I said, how are you going to do it? That's the vehicle. So if purpose comes easy and vehicle doesn't, it might be more of a belief problem than you think.
0: Right. Yeah, changing the mindset of I am able to do this yes. as a with a vehicle as a vehicle of being able to support myself. Yes. And maybe it maybe it's not as easy as going out and just getting another job and and obviously there's so many different paths to doing that, you know. Starting a side hustle that is aligned with your purpose instead of having to quit your job and live in, you know, object poverty for a year or two. Yeah. Um. You know, there's tons of different ways that you can do that and just remain safe. Because again, at the end of the day, safety is probably the most fundamental aspect of living your purpose. Yeah. If you're living your purpose, but in a very unsafe way, you're probably not going to feel as fulfilled as you were if, if you have the safety of, you know, regular income, a house, yeah. family, support system, all of that stuff. Certainty.
1: So. Yeah, certainty is a is one of the most important human needs, certainty. Certainty of knowing where you're going to wake up, knowing when you're going to go to sleep, knowing how things are going to get taken care of, knowing what things look like. And one of the reasons this has been so hard is in the beginning, I'm a very certainty driven human being. I would say 10 out of 10 at the beginning, it was unreasonably certainty driven. I had no certainty. There was no money, there was no path to success. I didn't know what was going to happen. So I started having panic attacks and anxiety for the first time in my life. I didn't really understand what that was. So certainty is a, a very, very big driver of humans. And then even the self-awareness to say, I had someone one time who said, I want to be like Gary V. So Gary Vaynerchuk is a very, very successful entrepreneur who just is out there changing the world daily. And I said, I don't know what it's like to be Gary Vee. I know what it's like to get to where we've gotten, and I can only imagine. I said, my fear is that your desire to do that will not align with the way you want to live your life. Hmm. Do you want to get the kids off the bus every day? Do you want to be around? You want to go to every single one of your kids, like baseball games, soccer games, gymnastics, whatever it may be. And he's like, yeah, I have to. I'm a family man. I said, brother, I love you. Yeah. But I love you enough to tell you that I don't think this is it for you. I do not think this is it for you. And... Now he's grateful that he has chosen to go down a different path so that that self-awareness piece, you might think you want a certain vehicle, but you might not. And that's OK. That's OK, too. There's a lot of different ways, to Joe's point, to connect a purpose to something to impact the people you want.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of living that right now. I'm trying to figure out exactly what that vehicle is. Obviously, yeah. the podcast is that vehicle. Uh, But, you know, figuring out what are what are some other ways in which I can still live my purpose, but also make enough money to yeah. to make it in this world. And yeah, you kind of oscillate. You have that that fear that comes over you when you're like, oh, my goodness, like if I don't make enough money at the end of this month, you know, what am I going to do? Not that I'm, you know, paycheck to paycheck right now, but I'm I'm making exactly enough money to live right now. So any major expenses anything like that that kind of comes out and and but I am happier now than when I was making six plus figures uh 2 years ago or yeah. last year even. And the happiness that I experience is not worth the money of going back to that you no know, su- super security of okay I have a paycheck, I know where it's coming from. I know the direction that my life is exactly going because it's already been drawn out and it involves the direction of the business uh so oscillating out of that that security that that you know knowing of exactly where your life is going and moving into this space of unknown the the void as it's sometimes called does get scary and it it it's you know it it can certainly get overwhelming sometimes if you don't have the uh, the people behind you that are helping you and guiding you and that's you know i think you do that with with next level university Finally, a place for listeners to gather and share. Join the Ascension Update Substack for messages and updates from our brothers and sisters helping with the Ascension, articles on the future of humanity, and a Q&A where you can ask my guides anything you would like. This is the hub for everything Ascension related. Click the link in the show notes or go to joegarner.substack.com to stay at the leading edge of this movement. And now. Back to the show. So let's talk a little bit about Next Level University and, and what that involves and, and what you're doing there.
1: Yeah. So, not only is it the name of the podcast, so the name of the podcast is Next Level University, Next Level U for short, as we call it. But Alan and I really believe at a deep level that if we had self improvement in our lives earlier, our lives would look drastically different. And we may never have gotten to the rock bottoms that we got to. So, now it's becoming an online university where we do a podcast episode every single day, so seven days a week in your pocket, totally free from anywhere on the planet, right? Free self-improvement. But we have group coaching and one-on-one coaching and we do free meetups every month and we have a book club and it really is a place where no matter what your self-improvement set point or your financial set point, there is a place for you and there is a place for you to grow. And I really fundamentally believe that there's so many hungry people out there that their circumstances just don't currently allow them to put the level of effort that they want in. And I've never been one of those people that says, oh, we, you know, we all have bad circumstances and just do it. And I think that's layer one. It sounds good on social media. It's not real. Mm-hmm. Circumstances affect all of us completely different. And just knowing that is very important to us. And I think one of the other important, interesting, unique things that we try to do is I'm not doing this to make my life easier. I'm, I didn't start a business so I could work less, so I could just put it on autopilot. That ain't it. That ain't it for me. That's not why I'm doing this. I want to have real impact. I want to have depth of helping at a deep level, but breadth of helping a ton of people. And that just, that's who I am, and that's who I want to be, and I don't necessarily want to work less or put this on autopilot. That's not what it's about. It really is about impact for us. So that is why we do things the way we do and i try to show up with energy and just look i might not feel great but i'm going to give it everything i have because i'm blessed enough to have the opportunity to do so
0: exactly and that's i think it's important for people to understand that you have come to that conclusion like this is this is kevin's path this is what he wants to experience yeah. my path might not look like that your path might not look like that again it could it could look very very different but i think the key is are you having an impact on other people are you are you doing the work on yourself first cuz uh, a lot of people kind of get into this and that I'm here to help you know uh, a million people but they don't they don't do the work on themselves yeah. to to be the right person to be helping people so mm-hmm. obviously the first and and I've said this a hundred times on the show you know do the work on yourself first before you start trying to help other people and then doing that work people will be drawn to you i'm sure you experience this quite often it's like People aren't drawn to you because you have a fancy website or because you have, you know, the this great list of services that you have. They're drawn to you because you're Kevin, because you show up with energy, because you show up with an excitement to help them become the best person that they are, yep. and that has come through doing the work on yourself, through you know becoming the person that you wanted to be or you wish you had when you were 26 in that um, in that hotel room, thinking like. This might be it for me.
1: Yeah. It's it's hard because at some level and you seem like you're a very very balanced energy. Which so I did research. I know you told me about the show before, but I did research and I was like, "Ah, oh, I'm very excited to talk with Joe. Joe seems like <laughs> my my type of person." The the hardest part about being authentic is you cannot be authentic with ego. Hmm. Because if you're authentic with ego, you're not authentic. You're living through ego. That's been one of the hardest things over the last seven years is just saying, and I have bouts, of course, I get triggered. I say stuff I wish I didn't, of course. But authenticity in showing up and crying on a podcast if it's happening or telling the team, we have a 20-person a team right now, telling them, look, I am struggling beyond belief. I, I am struggling. So if I re- take longer to get to messages or whatever it may be, my apologies. I'm doing it. I'm just struggling. That has been so freeing in a way. I know a lot of us are afraid to live authentically because we think it might be weakness. That is one of the best things that this podcast journey and, and the team and the business and all that has taught me. I think everybody wants to be more authentic, but they're waiting for somebody to be more authentic first. And that mm-hmm. could be you, whether you're watching or listening. You could be the person to lead that charge.
0: Exactly, yeah. The, the, people see authenticity and they're drawn to it. So I'm, I, I remember when I was a little bit more unconscious you would see people and you'd say, man, there's something about them that is just, I can't put my thumb on it. I can't figure out exactly what it is, but they got it. Yeah. And it, it was always authenticity. They showed up that they were the same person, whether it was raining outside, whether it was sunny, whether they woke up on the right side or the wrong side of the, of the bed. But they told you, they, you knew exactly where they were at every point in your interactions with them. And that gives you the permission to be, authentic with them. And then as you start to be a little bit more authentic with that person and maybe, you know, people who are very close to you, you begin to start becoming more authentic with strangers. And now I'm right now I'm driving uh, Uber just kind of part time and I'm showing up as this same uh, podcast Joe Garner in that in that car, which two years ago would have never happened. I would have sat I would have had a podcast in. I I would have been like every other Uber driver and just had my po- my headphones in and all right, where are we going? You know, get there. But now I have deep conversations with people. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the shifting consciousness of the planet. I'm you know getting into. I had a, a, a gentleman who lost a friend uh, last week to suicide, and he was kind of telling me his whole story. And and in that 30 minute drive, we we got to really get into some some pretty deep things for him. And I I think hopefully had a a positive impact, shared the podcast, and and hopefully we'll see kind of where that leads for him. But you know, it's just nice to be to to be that light in somebody's life, and that that is the the sustaining light that continues to light across the world.
1: Yeah, so and that's fulfillment. That's fulfillment exactly, at the end of the day. Yeah.
0: So let's talk a little bit about that light that that shifting that is coming in in the consciousness. So you have a basically an online university, you've got a podcast. Like, um, From your perspective, from from your niches that you're involved in, where is the world moving towards uh, with this shift in consciousness away from the separation consciousness, away from the idea that we're all separate from each other? We're each playing this zero-sum game and we have to get ours. And if we get ours, somebody else doesn't get theirs. And we start moving to A non-zero-sum game, a game of abundance, and a game of uh, people actually finding their purpose and fulfillment in life and being able to do it without having to sacrifice anything.
1: I think we're in an age, and we're going to continue to be in an age where information can set us free. And all I mean by that is we stopped having guests on the podcast two years ago. The reason we stopped having guests on the podcast was because a lot of guests would say something that just factually was just not incorrect, uh, not correct. And I knew it was misleading the audience because they could figure it out. If they did the research, they'd find out. And I think we're going to this place now where you have to kind of be authentic because there is a trail of everything. All I have to do is Google your name and I'll find something about you, hopefully all the good things and none of the bad stuff, (laughs) right? So I think we're, we're, we're going in and we're going to continue to go into a place where you can't really get away with stuff. You can't get away with misleading people and building a business off of it. You can't say you're a best-selling author if you're not a best-selling author. And I think the right information is going to get to the right people in the right way more than ever. That's one. And I think we're going to lean more into empathy. So this usually comes as a surprise to people when I tell them. But from the data we have, most of our podcast audience is female. And I'm a tattooed bodybuilder who loves martial arts and I probably am not the target demographic that most women are looking for, but we have so much empathy that I don't know what it's like to be a mom. I have no idea. I have two cats, and that is overwhelming as heck. <laughs> I can only imagine. I was on a call. I was going to be on a call with one of our team members, Jerry Ann, and she said, hey, can we push it back 15 minutes? I got to take care of the baby. And I said, we can push it back as as far as you need to. Don't worry about it. It's all good. I cannot claim to know what that's like. That's empathy. I don't know what your experience is like, Joe, but I empathize with it and I try to understand at the level I can understand. Right? I've never experienced all the things you have, maybe some, I don't know, but even that's different. So I think empathy, the empathy that I don't know what it's like to be you, but rather than villainize the way you are, why don't I try to imagine what it would be like to be you based on the awareness I have? I think if we do that, I really think things will continue to go in a positive direction. And I know it might not feel like things are going in a positive direction, but people are talking about mental health and people are talking about struggling and trauma and that's happening now more than ever. So I do think obviously there's always a lot going on in the world, but there's a lot of positive going on too that we might just not see as much, unfortunately.
0: Exactly. And that's that's what I try to 100%. bring about in this podcast. and I'm sure you do the same. It's like, okay, yeah, there's there is a ton of bad stuff going on yeah. in the world and if you turn on the news, you're going to see a majority, 90% of yeah. it being bad. And then the good is, you know, some ca- uh, <laughs> danced on a stage somewhere. Yeah. And it's like, that, that's not the good that's actually happening. Right. There's tons of tons of people who are creating such a positive impact in the world. You just don't see it. There's people in these these corporations that a lot of people want to vilify and just Right off totally, and there's tons of people in those corporations that I believe are doing the best that they can to change the direction in the course of those corporations. Um, it's to be seen if it actually happens in time and and what what does seem to be happening in this age of information is that they can't they cannot any longer hide all the information that they've been able to for the last you know whatever hundred years yeah, yeah. that they've been around. and as that continues to come out, you know it. It makes good business sense to be as open as possible. And I talk about open source, um, especially when we get into the technologies that are shaping our realities, such as social media and the Google algorithms and, you know, that that those need to be pretty much open source in, in the next year or two mm-hmm. so that we all understand what and how it is affecting us? What are we seeing? Why are we seeing it? Uh, and and in that lens, we can make decisions on whether or not we're going to use that product or not. And the cool part about this technological evolution is that companies can start and get up off the ground in such record time, and not have to go out and fundraise a hundred million or a hundred billion dollars, mm-hmm. depending on you know how big of a. a a mission that they have. They can go around and and start creating these companies and living their purpose and also, you know, building this massive vehicle that's able to uh compete with these gigantic companies that if they don't turn the ship around, if they don't start having that human first approach, they're going to see massive competition coming into their space and and it's going to kind of even out pretty pretty quickly here, which which is going to be fascinating to see. Uh what about the school system? I mean you you're you know kind of building an online school system. How do you see schools looking like or education? Let's let's get rid of the word schools. Yep. How do you see education looking in the next let's say 5 years or so?
1: I don't know if a lot will change in 5 years. I think I at some point it's going to have to go virtual. It's going to have to it makes it makes sense too. I know maybe the focus and the attention, there's probably fear around that, but I have to imagine it'll go that way. I think the, I think it's starting to. So one of the people we interviewed was actually my health teacher when I was in middle school and I ended up dating her daughter later in life. So we got really close and she was, she's been on the podcast a couple of times. And one of her classes is mindfulness. She's a health teacher who talks about mindfulness and meditation and in stress school? in school. Wow. Yeah. So I think it's starting to go that way. Really, at the end of the day, I use some of the stuff I learned, but I never learned about mental health. I never learned mm-hmm. about relationship communication. I, my favorite class ever was phys ed, but I never learned about calories. and I didn't know what that meant, right? I didn't, I didn't know. Yes, I learned how to, to, to balance a checkbook, but I didn't know anything about money. And I didn't know anything about interest rates and credit cards and loans and APR. I didn't know what any of that meant. I think as we start to we have a really good understanding now of the human experience due to social media and the various ways to track it. Where 60 years ago, I don't know if we really knew how people were living their lives. really. And I don't you
0: knew in like a very small circle yeah, like you had you had up to 150 people that you really knew, yeah. how they were living. Outside of that circle, you had no idea. No
1: clue. And if they weren't honest with you, you had no clue. Hmm. That's the other thing is it's like, oh, yeah, everything's fine. And then when you leave, it's not. Everything's mayhem. <laughs> so I think that we're going to start teaching what really needs to be taught, not for success, but just to exist as a human. Mental health. I don't know if mental health is required for success. I think it's beneficial for all humans. Right. Uh, mindfulness. Is it? is it necessary for success? I don't care. I think it's just good for humans.
0: Well, it also depends on how you're defining success. If you define success as living your purpose in life, I would argue that it probably is because being mindful allows you to actually connect with your subconscious mind to understand what your purpose is in life. So I would argue that if that's what you're calling success, mindfulness probably does play a pretty key role in it. If you're Considering yeah. success as making, you know, $100,000, you have a house and a car, then mindfulness has nothing to do with that. Yeah. But if you want to live a purposeful life and you're defining that as success, mindfulness for me seems almost like it's a requirement. I would at, agree. At this point.
1: Yeah. And fulfillment. Maybe that's for me, success is fulfillment. That's when I right. say success, that's my definition now, but I understand maybe, maybe not everyone's there yet. Totally fine. But fulfillment. It requires, from my perspective at least, self-exploration. I want to know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Why do I feel so comfortable with Joe? Why do I feel like we're two peas in a pod? Why do I not resonate with other energies and frequencies? What's that all about? Right. That helps me be more fulfilled. So, yeah, I think we're going to take a more three-dimensional approach to teaching. And it's not just going to be teaching. It's going to be understanding oneself. Right. That. and it's. It's going to be, it's going to require someone to teach that that's learned it for themselves. My business partner and I were talking about this the other day and we were talking about our high school and we had, we had teachers that slept with students and teachers that partied with students and looking back, it's like, oh my goodness, how was any of that happening? How was any of that happening? No wonder why I didn't learn that much. Yeah. Because that wasn't, I wasn't necessarily, and I don't. If you're a teacher out there, I'm not, I do not mean this towards you. But I was learning stuff from people who had never really done it themselves. They just learned about it. You can't teach something you haven't done yourself, really. So I think that's going to have to continue trending that way.
0: Yeah. And that's what's neat about the idea of virtual learning. And when, when you, I feel like, in the school system, there's this massive kickback. It's like, well, we're going to go to virtual learning. And when people think about that, they think about COVID times where everybody's sitting at home doing virtual learning. Yeah. Virtual learning can also be 30 kids in a classroom learning from the most prestigious teacher in the world. But he or or they are teaching everyone you know in that particular classroom, in that particular um, pathway, with that particular learning style yep. that that person would would learn from, and then then you start to kind of extrapolate that all the way out, and imagine if if every student in third grade learned mindfulness from Joe Dispenza or from you know somebody who actually knows the science, knows everything about it, and we we started teaching people that way. Yep. Um, and then again, you have to kind of get into it. Are we going to have this? Kind of larger top down system, or do we democratize it and say, here is a platform where you can learn at your own pace, you can follow your own pathway, like basically a YouTube, but there's, you would either have algorithms or you'd have kind of designed pathways where these kids are, each one is learning their individual route. And, but you still need that socialization. Like you can't, you can't do this from home. You got to have, you know, again, you could do, you could almost do like a hybrid. Thing where it's three days a week you're in the classroom, two days a week you're at home. If the kids can do that, if the parents can do that, if the parents can't, then it's five days in the school. Um, again, there's a lot of smarter people out there than me that Same. can figure this stuff out. But it does you you need people to push the boundaries because a lot of really smart people get confined to these little boxes where it's like, well, we can we can we can make changes, but we can only make changes in this little box, and that's how the the bureaucracy works and that's why you know trying to to remove the the centralization and decentralize as much as possible so that we can all have a say in how things are running and especially something as important as education i mean that yep. we've known that for for at least 2500 years as a species that education is probably the most important thing for a society
1: well i think it also depends too like if you think of anything what you optimize for will always determine the approach. So mm-hmm. you and I are optimizing for consciousness. If we were right. in this conversation, if we were optimizing for comedy, it would be drastically different. It would be a completely different podcast. What are we optimizing for currently? And then what is the idealistic view of optimizing? If we're optimizing for healthy individuals, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, that's different than someone who can pass a test when right. they need to, or someone who goes on and gets specific job Specific role at specific company to do this. I just think that's usually why things don't change is because we don't change what we optimize for. You can you can change the approach all you want, but if the end result or the end goal is still the same, it's not going to stick for very long.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. What are we optimizing for in that in that system? And yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how we adjust and shift and change and how that that larger system starts to move and and get of, you know, this this national system of education. Yeah. We start to figure out how to do it maybe at a little bit more local level, bring it back down to bring that pendulum swing back to a little bit more local level. And um, you know, again, with the technology, with the lessons that we've learned, with all of the information that is available to us, I think I think people Uh, the problem, you know, maybe 50 or 60 years ago was that there was a lack of information for the people at the local level to be making decisions. Now that that doesn't exist anymore. The internet has democratized all information all the way across and people are very well capable of of intelligently making decisions with as much information as possible. Um, And, you know, it, it can, as long as they're, finding the right sources, it can be as up-to-date as possible. It can be the most up-to-date information as possible. But a lot of people, and and I see this in the, um, I listen to a podcast called Demystify Psy, and they talk about how even at the cutting edge of where we are in quantum mechanics, the study of quantum biology, there is still a large majority of the people who are teaching and uh, not necessarily the ones that are doing the studies, but the ones that are teaching biology in in the current state, they have no idea what has come out in the last 15 or 20 years. They have no idea that we understand that light in biology, light actually plays a key role in how each one of the organelles inside of the, the cell communicates with each other, that, that they're all communicating in this uh, nonverbal way with each other to solve problems that the cell is having. And it's not being taught in most of biology hmm. right now. So there's like there's a 15 or 20 year lag in between what we're teaching kids now and what the actual science is saying.
1: That's wild. And
0: as yeah, it's it's wild. And that's today. That's in 2023. So, you know, I I imagine that it, that lag is only going to get shorter and shorter and shorter as long as that information right. continues to get out. So, it, it's, it's, a it's, it's a weird time. It's a weird time to is. be alive
1: and like you said, Joe, there's a lot of people smarter than me that I know. <laughs> they could figure it out. They, it just, we have to focus and we have to optimize for the right results. Really?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that optimizing for health, you know, at, at all four levels, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, or even just mental, emotional, and physical, you know, it's hard at this point to, to even think about understanding those three with spiritual aspect, but. Um, you know, is that what we should be optimizing for at this point across the board or, you know, yeah. do you, yeah,
1: that's it's, a big question. It's, yeah. It's such a hard question. I mean, at the end of the day, you're given one vessel and it's a physical body with emotions and a connection spiritually and you use it physically, right? So it depends whatever spiritual means to you. It can be religion. It can be universe, whatever, whatever that means. That's all you really are guaranteed in life is this vessel. And even that, you're not as guaranteed as, as you could be. So, yeah, I think that that has to be one of the most important. But it's almost like if you could break it into life, health and wealth, life is the, let's just say, the concrete things that we need to understand Love is your self-love, it's loving others, it's working through the ego, that type of stuff, all right? And then health is physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. I would argue if you could build those three pillars, you'd be more holistically aligned, holistically successful, well-rounded, three-dimensional. There's a lot of us who are really good at making money, but are really bad with their families, Right. or there's a lot of people who are in really, really good shape, but maybe they can't pay the bills. And they're not going to be able to accomplish their mission at the greatest level, which means they're not going to be able to inspire people who would be inspired enough to start their own missions. So yeah, I like to think of it as health, wealth, and love, which ultimately creates life. But wealth doesn't have to be, I want to make as much money as humanly possible. It's just the awareness of how it all works. So you can make the most intelligent, logical choices for the results you ultimately want.
0: Yeah, Billy Carson talks about this. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar hmm. with Billy Carson, but he talks about how even though the the financial matrix that we live in, you know, it it is technically just a matrix, it could fall away. Where we are right now, that financial matrix has an incredible amount of say on on our reality right now. Yeah. So, you still have to live within that financial matrix. You don't have to put it on the pedestal as the number 1 thing that you need, but you do have to realize that you got to pay bills you got to you got to make enough money to to be able to afford food and have a house and and that there are hacks to that financial matrix that a lot of people have figured out and again the ubiquitousness of information there's so much information on how to how to hack that financial matrix that pretty much anybody can do it if they sat down for a, a weekend and watched 15 hours of video or read two books or, um, you know, however you, you prefer to learn new information. Yeah.
1: It's set up in a weird way though, where, like you said, there's no shortage of information, but sometimes there's the circumstances. Let's just say right now you don't understand yourself at a deep level and you had a lot of childhood trauma based on maybe an absentee parent or something. That thing that happened in your past is holding back your future because it it makes you feel stuck in the present that's the emotional side of health and understanding so mm-hmm. i don't know if you can really get to the life you want if you it's all connected right it's it's really all connected there's a lot of people you could give them all the information on money but they have a money block because they grew up poor or they grew up underprivileged or they had a parent who had a really bad relationship with money for them they need some unlocking internally So that information can actually land. And yeah, I really think it's all connected. It's all connected because if you remove one piece, maybe the tower doesn't collapse, but it definitely is weaker than it would have been. And it's most likely to be really hard to build on top of what you've already built.
0: Right. Yeah. You've gotten to a certain point with that missing piece, but to add another layer or two layers or three layers, that's going to become dangerous for you.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it all, it all goes back to doing the work on yourself. It all goes back to, you know, changing your personal beliefs to change the external world. When you, when you start to change the history of what you believe you've experienced and start to change the stories that you're telling yourself, uh, you start to change the channel of what your life was. And that starts to change the present that you're experiencing, which begins to, to shape and change the future that you're capable of experiencing. And that's the whole idea behind the podcast. (laughs)
1: We used to say the, the old motto for the Hyperconscious podcast was change the way you think, change the way you act, change the way you live. And mm. you basically said it, you said it much better. It was very simple. That was, the, that was the best I could come up with at the time. But yeah, I really think awareness is an opportunity. When you become aware of something, you have an opportunity to do something different next time. And then right. that's layer one. And then from there, there's a bunch of tributaries that kind of roll off of that.
0: Beautiful. Well, this has been a wonderful and enlightening conversation. I really appreciate it, Kevin. Uh, I hope that we can possibly do this again, maybe in, uh, in a couple months, maybe if you've got something new coming out with the with the school system or, or anything like that uh, with the university. So um, where can people find you if they're looking to just get a little bit more information or maybe they're ready to take that next step?
1: Uh, first of all, I'll come back anytime. Just let me know. Happy to I'll come back every week if you want. I always just say search Next Level University. It's free. That's where I want people to start. I don't want anybody's money. So just search Next Level University. We're on all the podcast platforms. We're on YouTube and we do an episode every single day. So if you're trying to get a little bit better every day after you listen to Joe's show, if you want to come listen to ours, then we'll be there for you. We will not miss, I promise.
0: Perfect. Yeah, I appreciate that, Kevin. Of course. Thanks for coming on and I hope you have a great rest of your day. You
1: as well, my friend. Thank you.
0: Thank you again for listening to Changing the Channel with Joe Garner. If you enjoyed the show, please follow the podcast, hit the bell to know when a new show comes out, share with a friend, and rate us on whatever platform you're tuning in from. It helps get these messages out to more people to create the collective shift in reality we are here to experience. Make sure you interact with the Q&A and poll sections of the show so I can continue to provide content you enjoy. Finally, check out my website in the show notes to become a VIP of changing the channel and join the shift that is happening.